Beatitudes literally means the blessings. Jesus is about to say uh, the word blessed nine times in 10 verses. He's going to say, blessed are the, blessed are those. And really what he's doing, and this is what I need us to see today together as we open up God's word, is he's going to say, hey, child, hey, individual, hey, person who doesn't even know me yet, if you seek a truly blessed life, it's right here. Like, like here it comes. Here is the character of the person that will find a blessing that has never been known before, not in this way, not in this depth. Hi, and welcome back to Live in the Light. Thank you once again for joining us here today. I'm your host, Craig Turnbull, and joining me also today is our teacher, Pastor Robbie Simons. We're glad you're here as always. We're praying again that God would radically transform your lives for his great glory as we dig deeply into the truths of God's word. Well, today you've joined us for the beginning of a brand new series. In fact, we're studying deeply what some have called Jesus' greatest sermon ever. Hey, Robbie, where are we going? Yeah, it's probably really the greatest sermon ever given, which, of course, would be given by the Savior of the world and the King of the universe. We start a series today in the Beatitudes. And, Craig, we were talking just about this a couple of minutes ago, and this stuff is so, in some ways, so simple. It is so rich. It is absolutely life-changing because you know what it is? It's really Jesus saying, here's the life I work in. Here's the life I promise to bless. Here is the man or woman. When they are like this, my Holy Spirit will fill them and my glory will shine through them. So this becomes then an absolutely essential test and examination of our hearts to see how we line up with the life that God truly does bless. The Beatitudes simply are absolutely phenomenal because Jesus Christ laid them out as the framework, as the pathway of our hearts, our minds, and our lives to be aligned with him. And I'm so delighted that today, again, the first thing that Jesus says is, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Man, not a way you and I probably would start, Craig, but it's the way that Jesus started. And so this series, it's going to change lives because it has for thousands of years and because God blesses his word. All right. Well, the title of today's message is called, Let the Blessing Begin. And let's start right away in Matthew chapter 5, going right now to Pastor Robbie with today's message. Uh, today, as you can see, we begin a new series in the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. Why don't you find a Bible? Why don't you open that up to Matthew chapter 5? Trust that will be a great, great blessing to you and a great, great resource. I pray for life change here today. Um, I'm as excited and as expectant for this series that we're about to enter into today than probably, well, any series that I can remember that we've done. Uh, the reason for that is this, because right here and right now, uh, we're about to define uh, the life that God blesses. We get to hear uh, right from Jesus Christ uh, no wondering and no maybes right here. We get to find out exactly the kind of life that God Almighty uh, blesses. And what's so great about this is that we don't have to take a poll. 
We don't have to have the top five answers on the board to see what people say about this. We know exactly the life that God blesses because Jesus again tells us point blank. This is the point of the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes literally means the blessings. Jesus is about to say uh, the word blessed nine times in 10 verses. He's gonna say, blessed are the, blessed are those. And really what he's doing, and this is what I need us to see today together as we open up God's word, is he's gonna say, hey child, hey individual, hey person who doesn't even know me yet, if you seek a truly blessed life, it's right here. Like, like here it comes. Here is the character of the person that will find a blessing that has never been known before, not in this way, not in this depth. Uh, the dictionary defines the word beatitude as this, as supreme blessedness, amen, as exalted happiness. You're like, well, how do you know that? Well, well, because I looked in a dictionary and said, well, how did that happen? Well, this image came up on my phone last week. And so I subscribed to the, to the, uh, subscribed to the uh, dictionary app and just, wouldn't you happen to know it? Last Thursday, the word of the day was beatitude. And so I think that's God saying we're going in the right direction. Amen? Amen? Well, I can take it as that, whatever. That's just a coincidence. Maybe I was encouraged. And you look up there in dictionary.com and beatitude again means supreme blessedness or exalted happiness. So the Beatitudes then, as we approach them, the Beatitudes become the attitudes in which we are to be as disciples of Jesus Christ. We are to be these attitudes within our lives. And one of the reasons I'm so excited about this series too is because you and I both know our world is desperate for happiness. Our world is constantly searching for fulfillment. And really what our world does is it searches in vain all the time. Yet why are we so excited? Because we have the answer. We have the one fulfillment, the one purpose, the one imperishable source of blessing found only in Jesus Christ. And this is what Jesus says. He points to himself within the Beatitudes and says, again, if you live this way, you will live, quote, a blessed life. And the word blessed in the ancient Greek really means happy. So as one commentator well said, the Beatitudes are the basis of a happy life. So this becomes my prayer and my earnest prayer, like earnest prayer this week, my earnest prayer last night, my earnest prayer this morning, that people for the very first time will know true blessing, will know true God-defined happiness. My prayer, my earnest prayer is that in this series, that I'm believing God for this, that Christians will be renewed with faith and resolve for True blessing. One of the things you have to understand and really one of the biggest points of today is this is not superficial, I get to go have ice cream type of happiness. This isn't Jesus is my vending machine, give me something to make me happy. This is a happiness that when it's truly found in the things and the ways and the riches and the depths of God, there is no circumstance in life, as hard as it may be, that can touch or alter this happiness when it's rooted in the cause and the ways and the person of Jesus Christ. That's how powerful this blessing is. That's how powerful you can live in this type of happiness when Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is the opportunity we have. 
And this is what God wants to do within our lives. Now, I understand that this message, this is a hard message. And here's why it's hard. Because we don't wanna go in the direction that Jesus points us. We want superficial happiness. We want the easy life. We want it to be our way. We want it to be about the next thing and the next pay raise and the next TV show we love and the next car we can get and the next item that makes us temporary. We want it to be that way if we're honest with ourselves. But Jesus says, you can do that, but you will not find true fulfillment. You will not find true blessing. But if you're serious, if you live by faith, if you trust in what Jesus Christ has for you this day, you can know a blessing that is so rich and so deep and so powerful and so glorious that regardless of what comes your way, this blessing from Christ will override it all. The question becomes again, do I believe that can happen in my life? So this is our prayer. And this is why our sermon title is called then, Let the Blessing Begin. Amen? Let the true blessing begin in this church. Hey, always remember, we're not here to go through the motions. I'm not here. Forget that, man. I got crushed this week for the glory of God. It's been a good season for a couple of months. I take that all back. It's a great week though. But God is crushing me to reveal to me again how awesome he is. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's so exciting to live out his truths. Father in heaven, we seek you now. And Father, even this prayer right now, this is not because I'm supposed to do this at this time of the message. This is an honest and earnest plea to you. Change us, teach us. God, I pray there's so many people in this church right now who need to know you, who need to grow in you, God who need to know your love. And I pray, Lord, as Jesus preaches this sermon today from your word, I pray, Father, that you will speak so clearly and profoundly that you will truly allow us to have eyes to see what is blessing really about and the blessings that are up for grabs for those who pursue you in faith. So we commit to you now, Lord. Again, I'm excited for these next, Lord willing, eight weeks that you will take this and you will use it and you will utterly transform us for the rest of our lives, impacting the rest of eternity. God, would you, would you please, even now, Lord, I know and you know, God, that I can do nothing. But I pray the one who can do everything will do that now. We pray this as a church in the power of unity in the name of Jesus Christ. And if you agree, then you can say, Amen. And praying in unity is so important and so powerful. Matthew chapter five, verse one. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain. That's Jesus. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him, not just his inner disciples. This will be in the context, I believe, will be the greater multitude of people who will be listening to him. Jesus sits down. They are probably standing. He's on the side of the Mount of Beatitudes, right by the Sea of Galilee. And he sat down, his disciples came to him and he opened his mouth and taught them saying. So here we have the beginning of the Beatitudes, but more importantly, it's the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, which by the way, is the greatest sermon ever given. This is the number one podcast of all time and it will never be overtaken because this is the sermon that Jesus preached 
The sermon that has been transforming lives now for 2,000 years and will continue to do that until the return of Jesus Christ. The disciples around Jesus, and look at verse two. Verse two is very important. It says, and he opened his mouth and he taught them. If you look at that, you're like, it's kind of a weird phrase. And he opened his mouth and taught. Why didn't he just say, and he taught them? And Jesus gathered his guys around him and he taught them. Well, because there's not one word wasted in the scriptures. Every word is here by the Holy Spirit for a reason. So this becomes a very intentional phrase indicating a very significant moment. Jesus opened his mouth and taught them. Jesus is about to preach. And when it says that Jesus opened his mouth to teach them, I think what it's saying to us, and we're supposed to notice right here, is that not one word from the mouth of Jesus will ever fall to the ground. Everything he says will be used, will be nourished, and when fed upon, will change our lives. He opened his mouth. The significance of God was about to preach a sermon. I mean, get your notepad ready. This is going to be good. And then he starts here in verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So here's the first beatitude, which you must understand sets up every other beatitude to follow. Why? Because if you don't have this beatitude, this character trait in your life, you do not get into the kingdom of heaven. And if you do not get into the kingdom of heaven, you're not living out the Christ-ordained life that he has for his disciples to live. So I think Jesus is very intentional here in beginning with, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, Jesus now is going to, again, he's saying, here is the life that is blessed. So we're reading this right now. And if you're like me, you're like, man, I want a blessed life. And I don't want what the world says. I don't want in parts of the church says. I want to know what Jesus says. And Jesus says, if you live this life, you will be blessed. So again, if you're like me, I want to begin to see greater and fuller, fuller blessing in my life. Three things we see today then, and here's the first. If you want blessing to begin in your life, number one is this. Uh, you and I must first understand what true blessing really is. What true blessing really is. This is where we need to redefine blessing. This is when we need to let God tell us what blessing is. Again, nine times in the next 10 verses, Jesus uses this word blessed or blessed. So that's not insignificant. That's not something to casually read over and then lightly apply it to your life. Isn't it true that we can, how many times have we read the Beatitudes in our lives? I mean, if you've been a Bible student, if you've been a disciple of Jesus Christ, you've probably read it dozens of times, if not more within your life. And how many times have we actually read it and stopped and really saw it? What is Jesus really saying here? Well, that's what we get to do together today. The Lord of the universe pronouncing to all who will truly listen, this is the person who is truly blessed. That should get our attention. Jesus Christ is saying, this is the blessed life. This is the blessed person. This really, he's saying, this is the secret to happiness that's not supposed to be a secret. Again, as I said, the word blessed is the word happy, really, in the Greek. So it's legit here to say, happy are the poor in spirit. Happy are those who mourn. Happy are the meek, is what Jesus is saying. But think of it this way. We need to make sure that our understanding of happy is not related to what our world so often says happy is, because happy in our world is superficial. It's so flimsy. It's so shallow. 
But again, and let's get the biblical understanding of this word blessed or blessed. This word, the same word is used in 1 Timothy chapter one. And it's here when it says this, Paul writing to Timothy, he says, in accordance with the glorious gospel, listen carefully, in accordance with the glorious gospel of the blessed God, of the blessed God. So here, the same word is used to call God blessed and what Jesus uses nine times in Matthew chapter five. God himself here is called blessed. You say, why is that so significant? Let's think about it theologically and let's think about it practically. For God to be called blessed means that God holds a blessing that is untouchable. God carries a happiness that is unalterable. For God to be called blessed means that he operates in a, in a fulfillment, in a happiness, in a blessed state according in his perfect character. Listen, that can never be diminished by anyone or anything ever. God contains a happiness that can't be touched by any circumstance that he will ever face because God is perfect and he is perfect in happiness. So God alone is worthy then to be called blessed because that is the essence of his character. Always remember this, man. You belong to a God who is, who is perfectly happy. He doesn't get stressed out. He doesn't bite his nails in wonder and fear. He's not pacing around in heaven uh, uh, worried about the events of our world. He is perfectly secure and perfectly happy and perfectly awesome. But we know this is that God has revealed himself in his son, Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ then being the full embodiment of God, Jesus Christ being the radiance of the glory of God, Jesus Christ being the exact imprint of his nature, Jesus Christ being the word of God that became flesh and dwelt among us, Jesus Christ then is God's representation of God on he is God. So Jesus Christ then is perfectly blessed. The greatest thing of preaching a sermon is when you know you're living it out or you know you're trying to live it out or you can admit that you're not there and that's what you do. But Jesus, as he preaches the sermon, when he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, he is perfectly living this message out because he is God. So God is perfectly happy. Jesus Christ is perfectly blessed and happy. But here's the astounding part. The whole reason that we are saved in the Lord Jesus Christ is that we are to be transformed to become like Jesus Christ. So what that means is then, if God is perfectly happy, if Jesus Christ is perfectly happy in the way they define him, then any child of God is supposed to be growing in perfect happiness and blessing as well. God wants to bless you, loved ones, God wants to bless you with himself. God wants to bless you with his son. And God wants to take you to a level of blessing that will blow your mind and that will transform your heart. Because the very point of, again, being saved in Christ is to be conformed into the image of the Son of God. And the more you and I are transformed to the image of the Son of God, you and I more and more are living a life that is blessed and happy despite 
despite the difficulties and the heartache and the trials that come upon us. This is the blessing that overrides, that takes us above the clouds to where the sun is shining, that allows us to see in ways we have never seen before. That is the blessing that Jesus talks about. This is the blessing we need to redefine in our lives right now. That's what God wants to do within each one of us that love him and seek him and serve him. This is God-defined happiness. And the starting point, again, is I see, you need to be convinced that this can happen. And you need to be convinced that God wants to do this in you. You need to be convinced to throw away all the trivial things of our lives and to set it aside for what actually matters, the pursuit and the love and the glory of Jesus Christ. This is why it says in Titus chapter 2, verse 13, again, Paul here writing, And he says this, he says that we are waiting for our blessed, there's the word again, the same word, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Do you hear that? We are waiting for our blessed hope. We are waiting for our perfect happiness, our fulfillment in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the moment he returns... The moment Jesus Christ is seen is the moment we will know that perfection of happiness and of full blessing totally rooted in the Lord Jesus Christ. So so, so if you're like me, then you read a verse like, waiting for the appearing of the blessed hope of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. You say, ah, it's gonna be a sweet day. And you stop and you think about it. And you're like, where am I gonna be? What am I gonna be doing? You say, what am I gonna feel? And anyone with a spiritual heartbeat right now, you have something in you. There's, there's, there's some sense of emotion as you hear about the appearing of the blessed hope of your great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Something begins to feel within you because this is who you've created to be. This is, this is your greatest longing. It's for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not for this world. It's for him. It's for your citizenship in heaven to be fully realized. And so just imagine that day when Jesus Christ appears. Just imagine, it won't matter what your week has been like. It won't matter how much money you have in the bank or don't have in the bank. At that moment he returns, it it won't matter how hard life has become. It won't matter what trial you've been under. It won't matter how much your heart has been breaking. It won't matter how much illness you have riddled through your body. It won't matter where you have been or where you have not been. The moment Jesus Christ appears, everything in life comes into perspective. The single instantaneous moment Jesus Christ is made known and comes riding on the cloud and the trumpet sounds and you gaze at him, you instantly will be filled with a happiness, with a blessing, with a fulfillment that is perfecting you because it's totally rooted in Jesus Christ. This is the blessing, listen, that will be, but this is the blessing that God wants to create and grow in us now as well. That you more and more can long for the blessed hope. That you can live in such a way that you long to see your Savior lived in your life more and more. That you will redefine happiness for the rest of your existence as long as you're on this earth because you're so transfixed and you love so much and you understand how great your God is. And you believe that this will put within you a living water, strong, strong fulfillment, a happiness that no matter what happens, you will trust your God and you will say, I am blessed. 
How wonderful it is to walk into a hospital room with someone facing death and they look with a smile on their face and not that it's not without fear, but they know to whom they belong and they know to where they are going. And they can say in the middle of dying from cancer, I am blessed. This is the life that God wants us to live. This is the true blessed life. And we need to define blessing as God does. So let me say it again. This is not ice cream happiness. My kids get pretty excited when they get to go for ice cream, okay? That's not the happiness we're talking about. This isn't, I get a raise at work, I'm really happy. That's great. That's not what we're talking about. This is not for Christmas, I get to go on a vacation. That's also great. That's not the happiness we're talking about. It is infinitely greater than that feeling of happiness that lasts for a couple minutes. This is a God-defined happiness. You starting to sense what the Lord's trying to say to you? You starting to understand where he's trying to take you? And listen, listen, you say, well, I've been a Christian for 20 years. I got this figured out. No, you don't. No, the very person who says that proves you don't have anything figured out. Any person alive right now and you love the Lord Jesus Christ, you're like, there is a greater level of blessing and purpose and meaning and happiness that my God wants to take me because I haven't arrived yet because Jesus Christ hasn't arrived yet. The Beatitudes, this is the happy life. This is the blessed life. By the way, the Beatitudes, it's not like you take one or take two and leave like the other six. Uh, the Beatitudes are a package deal. We start in the first one today, which is so important, but Beatitudes are really are a measurement of the Christian life. So one of the things you gotta know here too, and Beatitudes, the second thing about Beatitudes, this is not just for elite Christians. This is not just for the elders of this church or people you think are really great. The Beatitudes are the standard for all Christians. One of the things you do as you go through the Beatitudes is you look at your life and you say, do I have this happening in my life? Am I growing in these Beatitudes? Because if you can go through all eight or nine, depending on who's counting, you can go through these and you can say, There's not, this isn't, if this isn't happening in your life, that's a sign that you're not truly saved in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is laying this out as, here's what my disciples will not be perfect in, but will be growing in. It's a high bar, it's Jesus' bar, it's what he will do, listen, what he will do only by his grace. Let me remind you, the Beatitudes are not, I leave here and I try harder. The Beatitudes, especially today, I leave here and I fall on my face and say, God, I can't do it. Holy Spirit of God, you must do it in my life. Holy Spirit of God, break me, break me. And this takes us right to point number two then. You want blessing to begin in your life? This is where it begins right here, loved ones. This is where blessing begins. Uh, not what you're gonna hear in popular TV shows right now, all right? It's this, I must be convinced of the joy in becoming nothing. I must be utterly convinced in my life of the joy in being nothing. Part of what I understand is even as I bring up that point, there are some people who are like, oh man, I don't wanna talk about that. I don't wanna talk about being nothing. I wanna talk about being something. And I get that too. But I'm praying that God will convince us of the beauty, of the power, of the joy in being nothing. Do you know how many Christians forfeit blessing because of the sin of pride? Do you know how many unbelievers reject salvation because of the blinding powers of pride? Again, this first Beatitude's here for a reason. Verse three, blessed are the poor, happy, fulfilled. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Why does Jesus begin here? I've said it already, because you can't enter the kingdom of heaven without it. Without what? Without being poor in spirit. What does it mean that we are poor in spirit? It essentially means this. It's the person who understands that on their own, they are spiritually bankrupt. To be poor in spirit means it's the person, the last thing they're doing is walking around with a puffed up chest saying, I can do it. They are on the ground like a spiritual pauper or a spiritual beggar saying, when compared to the Lord and his holiness, and I see myself in my sin, I am destitute, I am broken, I am longing for the God, the only one who can save me from my state of sin. I have nothing to offer. Jesus Christ has everything to give to me. That is the person who is poor in spirit. They have a desperation upon them. That is the most beautiful thing we will see in this church. Men who are desperate for God. If you'd like to hear this message again or the rest of the messages from this series, you can find these free resources and more on our website at liveinthelight.ca. That's liveinthelight.ca. If you'd like to get a copy of the entire series, make sure you phone us at 1-844-22-LIGHT. That's 1-844-225-4448. I'm Craig Turnbull, and on behalf of Robbie Simons, we invite you to join us again next time on Live in the Light. I want